This is the Toddcast Podcast. I'm a guy named Todd. And I'm a guy named Aaron. Join in our conversation as we discuss anything and everything. Pointless debates, music, Star Wars, nerd culture, and so much more. There are no scripts, no show notes, commuters, sit back and enjoy the ride. The Toddcast Podcast starts now. Hello and welcome to the Toddcast. Eric and I have joined forces once again on our quest to enlighten you good people about the delightful tool called Habitica. Previous episode, we kind of gave you the, the high, high level of what the tool is and how it can be used. But today, we're going to dig a little bit more into the, the gamification and the role-playing side of things and dig in a little deeper on your character in Habitica. Eric, how are you doing? Tell us all about your character. I'm, I'm doing fantastic. Uh, my character is, is mildly sleepy this morning, but uh, the coffee is bringing me into the game. Uh, no, uh, we're going to talk Habitica. I do want to reference that uh, if you have missed the first episode and have zero clue of what the heck we're talking about, you just stumbled upon us. Uh, March 13th is the episode. Find the March 13th episode. Habitica, getting your game on, parentheses, and your stuff done. So that is part one of the series, and we'll see what clever way you will name this episode. Yeah, I believe I'm a rogue. Uh, so... You know, for for those not familiar, and we'll just give a high level overview. Habitica is a game, um, or really a to do list. It's a combination of the two, hence why we we have a good time with it. That helps you get things done, um, and you get to um, pretty much play as a character, right? Yep. And also uh, do your daily tasks. So it's very helpful. Plus, for people you know with a creative imagination, it helps you get things done. So I am a uh, little rogue character, and Todd, what are you? Got a, a wizard, a madge. I, I'm yeah. fond of the spell casting. It's it's a great way to you know keep track of your stuff and make sure you get stuff done. But it just inserts a little role playing game aspect, very reminiscent of uh, Dungeons and Dragons, those sorts of uh, RPGs, you know, tabletop RPG action. And so, yeah, it's good stuff. I highly recommend it, especially if you're into that sort of thing. And so we wanted to go we wanted to go through today and talk about the character that you create, sort of your persona in the game. And some of the fun stuff that it it provides and what that lets you enjoy as part of the game. We're not going to rehash everything we once talked about. So this is definitely a part two of the series. And there's a good potential, a strong potential part three in the future. So this is Indeed. something that it's a pretty, it, it could be super easy. Like Habitica doesn't have to be this hard for many people. And we discussed that. But for the most part, what we're talking about today is next level stuff that makes it more fun than just your traditional to-do list or any do or what have you. So today, I think we're going to talk about the characters, right? Correct. So, and we have experience playing this game, if you want to call it that, with, with nearly every style. Uh, for for instance, that I said I'm a rogue and you're a mage. Uh, we also have um, my daughter Lainey has a character, and she, I believe she's a healer. My uh, son is a warrior, so we have a good understanding of what each character does because we've kind of played with each one. So, Todd, what what's I mean, why why pick a character? What's what's the deal? Like uh, when you pick these, what's it even matter? So basically, the different classes is what they're called that you pick have a sort of different skill sets there are different bonuses that they enjoy and different things that you can do in the game there are there are four classes there's the warrior the mage the healer and the rogue when you first start the game everyone starts off as a warrior at level 1 so that in addition to having classes there's also levels uh, you know, as you complete your tasks, you get experience points and gold and stuff. And the more experience you get after you hit a, you know certain thresholds, you go up in level, just like you would with a with a traditional role playing game. So everyone starts off as a warrior at level one. Once you hit tenth level, you can choose to become one of the other classes, a magic mm -hmm. healer or a rogue. And so the the advantage to warriors is that they do more damage to bosses. When you're when you're going on quests and we'll 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 touch more on quests and, and what that means but basically within the game you can you can have quests by completing your your tasks you do damage to a boss monster uh, 
uh, or you're you're collecting items to complete your quest. And when you complete the quest, you get a, a giant influx of experience points and treasure and, and that sort of thing. And the warriors do the best job of doing massive amounts of damage to to the bosses. Mages or wizards, they inherently level up quicker. They they gather more experience than the other the other four classes and they are also very good in boss battles their their spells can do a lot of damage healers kind of what it says on the package they they have the ability to to heal both themselves and other characters in the party and rogues are good for gathering gold and loot quicker and they also do a good job of collecting items when you're doing a collection quest and again we'll dig a little deeper into that uh in the future but that's sort of the high level of of what the the four classes are one thing that once you sign in that where this kind of comes into play besides going to quests and, and fought, fighting battles and so forth. And that's just kind of how your, your character, I guess, has his status. So generally there's what three bars, correct? Uh, yes. Uh, that tells you how healthy or, or skilled your character is. There's a red bar, which would be considered what your hit or health points. Is that correct? Yeah, most a, a lot a lot of role playing games have you know call them hit points or they can be health points, but it's basically how hard you are to die, to kill. <laughs> yeah, basically. But I think yeah, and I think we're all I think it is always at fifty, right? You you're basically your health is always a fifty, and it goes up down based off of what you complete and you or in this case don't complete. So we've talked about habits, dailies, to dos, and so forth. But really, when it comes down to it, you lit you lose points when you miss your daily. So if you have a task and you say, hey, every day I need to brush my teeth and you just put it on your dailies. Well, if you forget to brush your teeth, number one, you'll have to see a dentist and you won't want to do that. But number two, you'll start losing some points. And let's say you might go down to, you know, 45 health points out of 50. And if you every single day, uh, sooner or later, once you have to get your dentures, your character might also die. So <laughs> that that essentially is uh, one way you lose it. The other aspect is what when you have habits, if you have a negative habit, let's say you put on there that you don't want to eat snacks after eight o'clock at night and you eat some snacks and you, you know, you punish yourself by hitting the negative on your habits. You also lose points. And right. the whole goal is not to die. Right. I mean, it's, it's yeah. <laughs> similar yeah. in, in, in real life. Yeah, well, and it's similar to similar to role playing game. Like you've got a character, you 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 know, you want to protect that character. You want to keep it from dying. Now, uh, unlike you know, in in a normal RPG, if your character dies, well, that's the end of that character. You need to you know create a new one. In Habitica, if you if you drop to zero hit points, uh, your character dies. Now, it's not permanent. Basically, when you die, your character automatically loses a level, uh, which is a bit of a setback you lose a point from a, from a random statistic and we'll talk about the the statistics here in a minute you've got strength constitution intelligence and perception so if you die you lose a point from one of those and then you lose all of your gold that you currently have mm. and you lose one random piece of equipment you get to keep your character he you know they generally are you know, the same character with same skills and stats and everything, but you do lose something from dying. There isn't, there is definitely an incentive to keeping your character from dying. And, you know, you, like you said, you take damage if you miss dailies or do bad, you know, click on a bad habit. Boss battles can also do damage to you. Sure. Um, and we'll, we'll talk about that in a little more detail when we get to talking about quests and boss battles, but there is hope uh, just because you lose, you know, a few hit points doesn't mean they're gone forever. You can buy health potions that will automatically, you'll regain health that way. If you've got a healer in the party, they have skills that can help the rest of the party get hit points back. And then whenever you level up, whenever you go up a level, you're automatically healed to your maximum hit points. So as long as you're, you stay on top of your game and you don't miss too many dailies or, or do too many bad habits, and or if you've got a healer in the group or if you're, you know, completing the rest of your things enough to get experience points to level up, you, you probably won't die too often. I don't know yeah, about I you, Eric, but I've, I no, mean, my, yeah. my current character is like um, 190 something level because I've been, we've been playing this thing for literally years now. I think I've only ever had my character die like maybe once or twice. And normally yeah. it was because we were in the middle of a quest and a bunch of us just dropped the ball and we just got nuked by a boss. 
yeah, I mean, it, it is unfortunate. It's not something to stress too much about. But, yeah, you know, once you get a party going, you get those healers and you just butter them up a little bit and say, hey, show yeah. me some love and you're all right. So yeah. the uh, yeah. the next thing is what is experience points. And this one really varies um, based off of, you know, how long you've been playing, who, you, what character you are, what you do, how many quests you're in and so forth. But give a, give me a rundown what exactly experience points is and maybe why it matters. I mean, health is self-explanatory. Um, right. You know, experience points for someone like myself who's not an avid role-playing game guy. I'm like, uh, what does this mean? So experience points in in the role-playing world is the way that you know how how experienced your character is, how long they've been around, what they've been able to accomplish. And it's a measure of strength and power, basically. Uh, you know, first-level character doesn't have any experience points. They're, you know, they're they're fresh, they're green, they don't know nothing, and their skills are all all pretty low. As you get experience points, you know that that number grows, and like I said, once you hit a certain threshold, uh, you'll go up a level, and then you get more experience points, and you go up another level, and so leveling and experience sort of go hand in hand. Sure. Um, and it's the exact same thing in Habinica. Like it's it's a direct. I, I'm not going to say ripoff, but it's a, it's it's a direct homage to <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons and other other role playing games that that use an experience mechanic. So you you start like I said, you start off at zero. You get experience points whenever you complete a task, whenever you you click on a habit or a daily or a to do. Every time you click on one of those, you get experience points. Once you you know cross a certain threshold, ding, you go up a level. Yeah. And um, by going up a level, so when we talk about battles and, and so forth, we become more powerful, then you obviously do more damage and or collect more things and items and so forth. So it helps you in the long run, um, mm -hmm. which we'll talk more about in future episodes, collecting and gathering. And if you're you know, a collector of items or you like to, you know, the battle of the bosses, uh, leveling up obviously makes you stronger and better. One yeah. item that I thought you found was pretty cool was when your to-do list. Explain briefly how your to-dos change colors and why doing one when it's red is is helpful for your experience. Yeah, so all of the all of the to-dos have sort of a color code to them almost. Like they start off as sort of a yellowish color. And mm -hmm. the things the things that you do more often will will slowly turn green and then to blue. Uh, so you get a real quick visual on, oh, these are the things that I'm doing well in. Uh, on the same token, things that you don't do as often, like like habits that you've not been been clicking on as much, or uh, dailies that you have not consistently been ticking off, or tasks that are that have been on your list for a long time and haven't been done, will slowly go from yellow to orange to a red. Yeah, and, and I think we talked about this in the previous episode. It's just so you get a quick visual on, oh, these are the areas where I'm doing well. These are some things I need to work on, or some tasks that I've that have been sitting for too long, and I need to pay attention to those. So it's it's handy as just a quick visual guide, but from a a game perspective, they actually have that sort of cooked into the rules. And a, a task that has been sitting there for a while and has, you know, become red or a habit that you've had a hard time with uh, that has slowly become more red, those are actually worth more experience points when you click on them, sort of to reward you for catching up or getting yourself sort of buckling down and, and working on those things. So I, I have this a lot, especially for some work things or, or some hobby things like, oh, I need to, you know, edit that that episode of the Toddcast. Uh, that we recorded and the day that we recorded i put it into bitica well if i get caught up and don't do an edits don't do any editing for a couple of weeks that entry just gets redder and redder mm -hmm. and redder <laughs> and so when i eventually do complete that task and click on it it's actually worth more experience points than if i had you know done it the same day i put it in yeah uh, sort of an, in an incentive to catch up from a game yeah. perspective and it's not necessarily, I mean, you don't probably don't want to just have your things sit there and, uh, you know, gain time. But if you if you do, I guess there's incentive to try to get rid of some of those lingering to do's that you just don't want to do. So it's like added motivation. And it's nice. Yeah. Um, no, it and works you, out and really you can, well for that. 
Yeah, and you could tell that also with the leveling up, it gets harder to level up as you go, right? You yeah. know, and, and yeah. so as as time goes by, it's easy to get to level two, but by the time you're at level seven hundred and eighty-one, you've really put your time <laughs> in. So, and Todd knows. Todd does yeah. know that. The last one is a blue bar, and that one gets a little bit more confusing for for someone like myself. Now, I understand experience. I've played enough video games in my day, but when the blue bar came around, I said, "What the hell is this?" So, <laughs> so. Good thing is, most of the time when you first start, you um, you don't even get this blue bar. But explain how it works and what the heck is mana. All right. So, again, this is this is a direct stem from role-playing games. Not so much D&D, but other role-playing games have this, this thing called mana. And, and that is basically a, a measure of your, your magical strength. Sort of like spell points or magic points. And so, like you said, Eric, you, starting characters don't have any magic. When you, you start off, you're a level one warrior, and it you, you have to get to 10th level before you can choose another class. And that's also when you are gifted the ability to, to have magic. So, like, for wizards, it is in, you know, it does in fact reflect magic. You're, you're casting spells. For the healers and their healing things, it's sort of spells. For rogues and warriors... It's still mana, it's still magic points, but really what it reflects for them is their ability to do their special sort of class skills. You know, the warriors have a skill that they can use that will sort of buff their their strength or their constitution so they hit hit for more damage. The wizards will, you know, they have a really nifty fireball type thing you can do to do more damage to bosses. The healers can heal. Uh, the rogues can do sneaky backstab things. And whenever you you use one of those skills it it takes points from this blue bar it it uses mana points so you spend these points whenever you use a skill again if you if you have negative habits that you click on it, they will they will chip away at your your mana points as well i mean on the plus side if you run out of mana points you don't take any extra damage there's no additional ill effect it's just you can't use your skills until you get your mana points back and you get those back at the start of every day when you wake up, you know, when your character wakes up, he's a little more refreshed and you get some mana points back. Uh, again, that kind of harkens back to some of the tabletop role playing stuff to where, you know, your wizards, once they once they take a nap, they get some of their spells back. And so same, same thing here. Whenever you complete tasks, you, you know, click on a daily, click on a habit, you will get a, you know, a certain proportion of your mana points back. And then mages have a skill called Ethereal Surge that whenever they use that skill, everyone else in the party gets mana points. That's kind of how the mana points break down. Sure, and that's really helpful. So once you get to groups and you're in, you know, to keep yourself from dying, healers do really well, uh, making sure, you know, they can save everyone. And then also, you know, in your boss battles, it really is important sometimes that you use these. And I mean, for the most part, to be quite honest, um, they're most important when it comes to boss battles. Or if you're really into a streak, you know, yeah. let's say, for instance, you really want to try something. If you're like a rogue like myself, you can use some of these mana points to say, hey, I did this task, but I really didn't. So it's like, kind of like <laughs> cheating. This. It's it's it is uh, it's funny. If you don't get it, you don't get it. But when you really like say, hey, I deserve this cheat day. But like you don't want to actually cheat by just saying you did something. It, it works. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, it's oh, it's it's unique and it, and it keeps you true. Yeah. No, and it's 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 well, you know, losing a streak can be really demoralizing to folks. I I can uh, say that personally. Like if if yep. I'm on a good run and I have something that breaks things up for me for the day, and I'm like, oh well, crap, my streak's busted. I might as well. I've been doing real well eating properly. Mm -hmm. uh, yep. You know, well, I just ate I just ate that extra slice of pizza. I might as well go ahead, drink this six pack, and eat this you know bucket of chips as well. <laughs> Sometimes that's, you know, giving the illusion it. of maintaining your streak is enough to keep you going. So that's well, that's precisely it. So if you're yeah. a, a rogue like myself, and I'm sure there's other little aspects for other characters, that's different. So yeah. all right. So last but not least, and it's kind of hard to even see is your level, and it, we've kind of touched on this, but your level in general is not necessarily your experience points and so forth, but it's, it's primarily what how long you've been playing, you know, in a sense, and how well you've been active. Because I guess you could be playing two people playing for the entire same year, one person doing one daily, uh, you know, uh, compared to someone doing fifty. You're going to have vast different levels. But where what does a level really do, and and kind of how does it work? 
Yeah, I mean, it, it's a gauge of, of your character's power and sort of your longevity in, in, in the game. You know, I got I got a bit of a head start on you, and so I know my mag is higher level than your rogue. But I also use the crap out of this for for work, for hobbies, for everything, <laughs> and and so I you know I know at least in the beginning that that gave me a bit of a, a jump, and you know it's the same thing in role playing games like like Dungeons and Dragons as it is in Habitica. It's a lot easier, you know, if you're talking about your character and talking about somebody else's character, be like, well, what level are you? Oh, well, I'm a I'm a level five wizard. People who play know what that means as opposed mm-hmm. to a level one wizard. Like, you know, okay, if you're a level one wizard, you, you you can barely do anything. If you're a level five, oh, you can cast fireballs. You know, if somebody says I'm a level 18, you're like, oh, that's impressive. You've been playing this game for a while and your character yeah. is, is, is pretty powerful. You know, same here. And it's a lot easier to go, oh, I'm a level 20 warrior than to say, oh, well, I have 3,472 experience points. <laughs> you know, yeah. it, it, it's, Doesn't, yeah. you know, quick aggregate of all of that stuff for, you know, just for ease of communication. And in Habitica, whenever you go up a level, you get an extra point to add to one of your stats. And I think we'll, we'll talk about those here after the break. Upping your stats is always a good thing. At level 10, you get to pick a class from levels 11, 12, 13, and 14, Depending on what class you pick, that's where you start to get access to class skills. Those are also sort of level dependent. Precisely. So, yeah, it is uh, it's pretty cool to look at, and you kind of level up. Sometimes, and you usually get, like, an alert when you level up. Or they'll say, hey, you leveled up to another, you know, and you'll get, you know, your health will re, you know, rebound and all types of other stuff. So you'll know when you level up. And truthfully, I mean, it's not like you plan for it, but you do you play long enough and you do enough things, you'll you'll find yourself leveling up. So, all right, well, let's take a uh, quick commercial break here. And then when we come back, we'll start talking a little bit more about your characters and how you can beef them up and have a little bit more fun uh, with the game. Perfect. When buying clothes, you have choices. You can be stylish, be trendy, be outspoken, but those are all the wrong answers. We want you to be like Justin Benline. Be beige. Why show personality in your clothing when you can lock yourself away and be forgotten? Franchise 10 Apparel has been bringing the best clothes and accessories that'll never be seen. Even hermits wear shirts. Visit justinbenline.com and save 30% off the Justin Benline collection. Justinbenline.com. No personality, no problem. Be beige. We were just talking about pretty much the the basis, the the health, uh, you know, mana, you know, experience levels and so forth. But now we're really going to talk about when you get to pick your class. And you were saying what is level 10 is when you get to pick your class. There are, I guess, for a rookie like myself who doesn't know any better, right? Uh, a lot of this was foreign. I'm like, I don't even know what this means. What, what this, why I need these? So you, we're going to go through and more than likely you're going to explain because you're the, the master <laughs> of this. But there are main stats, meaning like what your character is good at. And they're kind of different than the actual classes and skills, right? But they're Correct. closely associated. They kind, so, of, they kind of go hand in hand. Yeah. Yeah. So just in a general overview, it looks like we have strength constitution, intelligence, and perception. Some of these are seem self-explanatory, but for someone like strength, I kind of understand that. So what is strength, the benefits of increasing your strength for a character? So each of the, each of the four stats has a direct sort of in-game correlation to some of the effects and things that you can do in the game. Strength, for example, determines how much damage you do to the bosses when you're doing boss battles, when you're on a quest for a boss. Uh, A character with a higher strength, when he clicks on a to-do and it goes to do damage to that boss, a character with a higher strength will do more damage than another character with lesser strength. Like There's math math behind the scenes that you don't need to worry about. You just click on that to-do and say, hey, I did a thing, yay me. You click on it and it will do the math and do the damage, you know, to the boss for you. But the higher your strength, the more damage you're going to do. Your strength also, the higher your strength is, it increases the chance of a critical hit. And for, again, for those who may not be as well-versed in role-playing games in general, a critical hit is normally like you you roll to see if you hit your, your enemy 
and if you hit, you do damage. Uh, a critical hit is normally like if you're rolling a 20-sided die and it rolls a 20. Like you've, you didn't just hit him with your axe, you hit him, you know, in the face with your axe. And those normally do extra damage. So likewise here in Habitica, if you have a high strength, you have a better chance of doing a critical hit and therefore doing even more extra damage. Hitting people in the faces with axes, basically, is what you're saying. Basically, basically. And it, it makes sense. St strength is the main stat for warriors. If you okay. are going to play a warrior character, strength is probably where you want to put most of your points. Because most of your skills and stuff are based on doing combat and fighting, you know, fighting bosses. So strength is a natural, you know, sort of place for you to want to pour all of those stat points in when you raise up a level. Well, let me ask you this, because I think when we're gaining points and experience and so forth, after you get to a certain level. Now, mm -hmm. I think I set mine up to auto increment, but for the most part, you then get like a bucket of what points that you can put where you want. Is that correct? That is that is an excellent point. And this this harkens back to I've been playing this game for so long, I've forgotten some of the basics. Well, you don't really start doing much with these stats until you hit 10th level. Mm -hmm. Once you hit 10th level, you you pick your class. You can also make a choice. You can have the system automatically allocate your, you know, the points you get every level to go to your stats. You can have the system just take care of it. Like if you don't want to get you don't want to mess with that, the system will will buff these you know, sort of intelligently for you. If you're somebody like me who wants that fine level of control, you can turn that off. And then whenever you go up a level, it says, hey, you have an unallocated stat point. You can click on your character and pick which of these four you want to put it on and then and save it. If you're trying to power game and you have a warrior, you pretty much want to put all your points in strength. You want to max that bad boy out so it has the maximum effect. If you're not necessarily into, you know, power gaming at that level, you want your character to be a little more balanced, you might want to spread these points around. Like, for example, my character is a mage. Their main their main stat is intelligence. So mm -hmm. I've pretty much just been pouring all of my points into intelligence. Well, even though I'm a mage, having a high strength will still do more damage in combat, still increases your chance of criticals. Like, there's, it's not like, well, if you're not a warrior, who cares about strength? It's it's a personal choice and you know sort of your play style, so yeah you can you can choose to let the system sort of allocate them automatically for you. You can choose to have that you know fine control of your own. Yeah, and I think that's what I've ended up doing. I so I really don't pick any of these. I just kind <laughs> of I let it allocate. So when I go move up a level, a lot of times I'm not aware and it just does what it you know it does. So. Yeah. So yeah, that was strength. So I guess if you're a warrior, so for myself, I am, and I believe there are little like controls that you can say, hey, you know, you know, give a preference on this or or that. Yeah. But for the most part, it does what it does. And for you, you're a little bit more fine tuned, and I think it all depends on what your style is, so and right. how detailed you want to be. So that works. So constitution is the one that I probably would get really confused on. Uh, what is constitution, and who does it really matter towards? Constitution is how hard are you, how much fortitude you have, how resistant you are to damage, how much stamina you have, that sort of a thing. Okay. So in the game, constitution uh, directly impacts how much damage you take if you miss dailies. Somebody with a, a, a low constitution, if you miss a daily, you're going to take more damage from that than somebody who has a high constitution. They're just sturdier and can resist damage better. And constitution is sort of the main stat for healers. A lot of their okay. skills are derived off of the, the constitution stat. But again, it behooves everybody to have a decent constitution because if you, you know, if you're going to, if you miss a daily, you're going to take damage. This kind of determines how much damage you're going to take. Yeah. So the lazy people definitely want to pick constitution or, or to be pretty much a healer, right? So yeah, build that up. You don't, and don't give a damn what you do each day because you can just <laughs> heal yourself and so forth. So that's, that works. All right. So who's, who's good with intelligence? So intelligence is the, is the main, main stat for mages, which uh, wizards that, that makes sense. And what intelligence does is it impacts the experience points awarded. So if you've got a higher intelligence, when you click on a thing, you get more experience points for that. Okay. Than somebody else who would have had, who has less intelligence, like you, you're smarter, so you learn more from your experiences is, is sort of the, the logic behind that. And intelligence also determines your mana points. 
So once you hit 10th level and you do get skills and you start to get mana points, the higher your intelligence, the more mana points you get. And also whenever, you know, at the beginning of every day, when you regenerate, that number of mana points that you get back is derived proportional to your intelligence. Gotcha. So that's that's why it's so important for mages because they sort of live and die by their magic points. And, you know, as they spend them, they want to get them back as quick as they can. And intelligence plays key role in, yeah. in both of those things. And and last but not least, this is where I'm, I'm my guy's good at. And I'm a rogue is perception. Yes. And so that's how well how well you see things, hear things, etc. In in the game, it relates to how often you get drops. And so this is this is a term that probably borrows more from like computer role playing games <laughs> than than tabletop role playing games. You know the concept of a of a drop. Yeah, that's uh, foreign but, to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, and and I think folks who played a lot of World of Warcraft would be familiar with this one. But like when you go on a quest, as you complete things, you know you get drops. Like okay, yes, you did damage to the boss. Yes, you got some experience points for it, but oh, also here you, you found this gold or these potions or these magic items. Like it, a, a drop is basically an occurrence of you getting some loot, basically. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and so the higher your perception is, the higher your chance of getting that loot. So as a rogue, as you're completing your tasks, you probably collect a lot more gold and eggs and potions and all that stuff than my than my madge does because you have higher the perception Absolutely. yeah because you're the man because you, you got that's your it. eye out for that loot that's that's what that's that is. it when we're doing cont or we're doing quests and so forth you always say hey make sure you uh you know number one use some of those skills because i can make the entire team find more things but yep. in a boss battle you can destroy someone pretty quickly because you have all your magic where i am collecting items and helping you find all these rare things you know, and when we get to the point where you go on quests with teams and so forth, it's probably important that you create your, you know, your Lord of the Rings style uh, crew, you know. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> I'm not Definitely sure necessarily who, who would be the rogue. I guess that would so, would it be a hobbit. Yeah, that, that, that's the, I mean, in the hobbit, that's why they picked up Bilbo is because he, okay. was, he was a sneaky type and they needed a, a rogue type situation. There we go. So, yeah. And, and, and you're the, the Gandalf. So it all works. That's out. right. That's right. That's how we're doing. All right, Todd, I think, I think we're going to um, take another quick break real quick. We'll get back into classes and skills, and we'll go a little bit more detailed about the warrior, the mage, the healer, the rogue, uh, and in, if you want to change classes. So, I mean, this is uh, you know a good point. If you haven't picked yet and you're at level nine and you're really determining, hey, what should we decide? Um, when we come back, we'll have a little bit more information on that. Cool. Hey gang, have you ever found yourself in a situation where you needed to quickly fabricate a commercial for a podcast and didn't really have anything funny or clever to say? Uh, I find myself in that situation right now. So sorry that this wasn't funny or clever, um, but this is your podcast commercial wannabe stand-in for the moment. Thank you for enjoying and here's the rest of the podcast. Let's talk about the classes, skills, and a little bit more detailed. So let's start with the the warrior. What uh, I guess who, what kind of personality type, or or who you know, what kind of worker bee or so forth should pick the warrior? Like who who do you think would be a, a, a good candidate to say, hey, I want to be a warrior through and through? I hate to say it's the simplest because it, it's it's still a good character to play, but it's it's it is the most straightforward. Like you, you click on dailies and, and to do's and you get experience points and it does damage. And that's why they start you all off as warriors because it's, it's real, real basic and simple. And if you're not looking to get real deep with a bunch of extra, extra doodads and rules and whatnot, warriors a good choice mm -hmm. because that's, you know, that's what they do. Like once you hit 10th level or, I mean, it, at all points you, they tend to do the most points of damage to bosses. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I guess I would say if you don't intend to do much questing, <laughs> then maybe warrior is not for you because that's really where they tend to shine is when you're, you, you have a party and you go on quests and you're fighting bosses. That's, that's kind sure. of their strong suit. So if you are just, if you don't have a party, if you're just playing solo and you're not real interested in doing a bunch of quests, 
you might want to do something different than a warrior. But other than that, warriors are, are a solid choice. And once they hit 10th level, they get their mana points and they start to get these skills. And so at, at level 10, you get a thing called Brutal Smash that you spend some magic points and it and click on a skill and it will make that skill less red or more mm-hmm. blue. And it just inherently does extra damage to the bosses. And that comes in handy like, oh, this thing's been on my to-do list forever. It's bothering me that it's so red. I can't actually do it. I don't have the time to do it, but I'd like to make it look less red. You That's can it. use this skill on it. It'll make it less red, and it'll also do bonus damage to the boss, which is kind of nice. At 11th level, you get a thing called Defensive Stance that will buff your constitution. Like, you will get extra points to your constitution score for your warrior. At the next level, there's a skill called Valorous Presence that buffs your entire party's strength. So you spend some some mana points, and you and everyone else in their party, their strength score goes up by a certain number of points, depending on how how high level you are and then their last skill is a thing called intimidating gaze that is very similar except it buffs your entire party's constitution so the warriors are good at fighting the bosses doing a bunch of damage and they're also good at sort of helping the party by upping their constitution so they take less damage and upping their strength so that they too can do more damage to bosses yeah so it basically they're they're nice to have along if you know if if you see a warrior on the street bring them in your group because they're good to have but yes. they don't they're not as good by themselves so they they are definitely the uh doing party tricks and a social butterfly in that aspect <laughs> <laughs> all right so for the the mage or the uh, how do you pronounce it you ma- you know people is, is people that a call debate them, it is a debate whether it's mage or mage i normally just shortcut and call them wizards so okay, I don't good. have to I don't have to deal with that because yeah, there's a whole conflict in the gamer world of is it mage or mage or what one is wizard wizard works. <laughs> yeah, you, you pretty much pronounce wizard one way. All right, yeah. so so they are the wizards from and I know from experience from partying with you, you're you're very good in boss battles as well. You know, yes. a different level than the warrior, but you're throwing magic and so forth instead of just pounding people yeah. in the face. And what it tends that you you level up quickly quickly right if you're a wizard that is one of your skill sets yeah yeah wizards inherently get more experience points and level up more quickly so if you are if you're a person whose play style is you really enjoy sort of instant gratification or you you like to see things happen quickly wizards a good choice because you can watch your level go up pretty you know (laughs) a lot quicker what And, and once you level up what do you get to do like what is your your superpower so to speak so the first one you get is kind of one of the best it's a skill called burst of flames and basically it deals damage directly to the boss like you use that skill and it just does damage to a boss i mean granted mike my, my current character is darn near 200th level so this is not you know indicative of a starting wizard but when i click on a task it'll do you know a point or two of damage to the boss if I use burst of flames, it does like 25 points. Yeah, like it's 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 kind of cr- like you're you're hurling giant fireballs. It's it's, yeah, you're no it's pretty serious. Yeah, the, the further on you get the wiz- the wizards can give the warriors uh, a run for their money in terms of damage output on bosses, uh, which is pretty nice. The next level you get a skill called ethereal surge, and that's the one where you use that skill and everyone else in the party gets some mana points back. Now, it will not give those to other mages in your party. And I guess our party, I'm the only mage, so it really doesn't matter. Okay. But it's, it's really good. It's Well, if you had two mages, the one casts it to get magic points, and then the other one uses those magic points to cast it. Like, you could, that could easily break things. Okay, because the thing, that's fair. Because, well, the thing with Ethereal Surge is, is if you're down mana points, it will sort of, you know, Heal isn't really the word. Like, it'll give you back lost mana points. If you're already at max mana points, it will actually overclock you. Ah, like there, like right. Like, if the, there have been times where, like, you haven't been, you, you hadn't used your skills, so you're at full magic points. Mm-hmm. I've used this a couple, and you can use it multiple times, and you're sitting at, like, 150% capacity for your skills. And then you can, you know, start buffing the heck out of this. So, like, if you had two mages feeding on each other, that could get into a real game-breaking situation. So, mm. that, that makes My kind sense. of stuff, but I understand the concept. <laughs> right. 
The next skill they get is called Earthquake, and that is a buff to the party's intelligence. I spend some mana points. Everybody else in the party gets a gets a, a temporary boost to their intelligence. You know, basically gives them more mana points, helps them regenerate mana quicker, get, lets them all get more experience points for that day. Will boost everybody's intelligence. And then the final skill mages get is called Chilling Frost, and it basically freezes your streaks so they don't reset the next day. So oh, if you, okay. you you had a streak going, you know, and you're like, oh, crud, I'm not going to be able to, you know, get out and exercise today. I'm going to lose my streak. I can use this chilling frost and it'll like you don't it, it doesn't count as you doing it. But also your streak doesn't break and it doesn't reset the counter to zero for that day, which, again, sure. can be nice for those of us who, you know, sometimes that one little stumble will just make us say, ah, screw it. This, it's definitely this a mental thing. And, yeah. And probably would be looked at as like goofy to some, but for the get, like I said, the ones that get it, they get it. So uh, that yeah. makes sense. All right, so we're going to move on to healer, which is a, a good one to have. And I kind of alluded to it earlier. Like if, you, if you're into it, but like you're not a stickler with, uh, and, and maybe you don't have that, I guess, addiction to making sure you check things off your list as much. <laughs> um, this might be your class that you want to pick. For the most part, they, I mean, it, it, they do what they say they they're going to do. For you know, they they can heal others, and that's really why you. It's nice to have them in a group. But what's what's your overall take on the healer? I mean, I think you're right. Like, if you're if you've got a group and somebody wants to be a healer, hooray! Because they they're definitely team players. Uh, if I if you were playing just for yourself and you weren't in a party. I don't know that healer would be as much fun for you, except, like you said, healers are kind of built to, if you're not hardcore, if you're more of a casual player, healers inherently take less damage from miss dailies and such. So they're they're a little more resistant to if you're not as on top of your game, they can kind of roll with those punches a lot better. Yeah, and and with that being said, so we have a healer in the group. My daughter is the healer, and she specifically yep. chose the healer, um, and she is constantly helping us. Um, in, you know, if if we miss dailies or just in general in a boss fight or something like that, and something happens where you know we all get beat up, she's the one that goes and sends us pretty much all the love. And what what are some of the yeah. skills, Todd? Starting off, you get a thing called healing light, which lets the lets the healer heal themselves, like they they just get back hit points the next next level up is searing brightness and that lets them make their tasks less red or more blue and again this is where mm -hmm. like i said if you're a casual player and you're not necessarily as on top of your game this can help in that regard it's not the same as the thing that the the fighter can do or the warrior can do because he makes things mm -hmm. less red but also does damage to the boss this one just makes them less red i think it also costs less mana points than the fighters as well but can come in handy their third skill is called protective aura and that is a boost to the whole party's constitution so in addition to being able to heal yeah the healer can make it so that everyone is a little more resistant and can you know take less damage to begin with which is nice and then finally their last skill is blessing which is a group heal you spend some magic points and everybody in the group gets hit points back which that's yeah. where Laney has really saved our bacon on more than one occasion. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. No. So, I mean, for the most part, they don't do as much damage to the, you know, to bosses or anything or help you collect stuff, but yeah. they serve their purpose really well, especially if you had a couple off days. So that's yeah. not bad at all. Now yeah. here I am the rogue and we've discussed a little bit earlier that um, you can gain gold quickly. Uh, you get more drops of gear and so forth. And then really when it comes down to it, and we'll talk about this again, probably in part three, is yep. uh, quests. Uh, but there are different types of quests, and you have your standard, I'm going to fight a boss and try to defeat this giant creature. Uh, sometimes it's French toast, sometimes it's an orc, you know, you know, <laughs> there's all types <laughs> of things that we fought. Yeah. Uh, and I, that sounds weird, but we are not lying. But for the most part, and then the other time it's, hey, can you go find, you know, 20 Easter eggs or, or vice versa? And right. the rogue has been known to hammer that out and be very good at um, collection. So this one's actually pretty fun to play as an individual without being in a group, because if you are a collector by means, there's so much that you can do um, in terms of just collecting for a fun individual party. 
Uh, yeah. So before we started doing quests and so forth, my goal was to collect all these animals and beasts and stuff, and we'll talk about that. But for the most part, it was fun to be a rogue by myself. So what um, what are some of my skills, Todd? So first off, you get a thing called pickpocket, which literally you, you spend some magic points and boom, here's some gold. <laughs> like it's, it's yep, a real easy, easy, pretty much easy yep. trade. The next one is called backstab, uh, where you spend magic points and boom, free gold and extra experience points, which is, which mm-hmm. is kind of nice. The third one you get is called tools of the trade and it buffs the entire party's perception. So like each class has a buff for the party. Like the sure. warrior can make everybody's constitution strength better. The wizard makes everybody smarter. The the healer makes everybody more sturdier with constitution. Well, the rogue is the one who buffs everybody's perception, which, again, perception determines how often you find drops. So it's kind of like, well, I'm a rogue. I'm really good at this. Let me give you guys some pointers, and you guys can find extra stuff too. Makes it. Makes good sense. And like you said, when you're doing collection quests – everybody's trying to collect things you're boosting everybody's perception has definitely made those go a lot easier and better so sure because it might take a while nice. to, get, to get everything you need if you're not oh yeah so, oh yeah just well there's been points when we've been doing boss battles and at the end of the day i'll be like oh eric did 15 points to the boss todd's character did 257 like it's way disproportional mm-hmm. it flips the exact opposite way on collection quests like todd found two items Eric found 37. Like, it, it's, it's <laughs> remarkable. So yeah. It definitely, and... definitely makes a difference there. You've got one more skill for your well, What is that? So that's oh, stealth. Oh, and I so, so basically yes. what that does is makes it so that if, if you've got dailies that you haven't been able to do, yeah. uh-huh. it doesn't count them as done, but they're not going to do damage to you. You, you kind of sure. sneak around them, uh, which is, it's, I got to think, is pretty handy. Yeah, no, that that works well sometimes for nerds like me who don't want to, you know, doesn't feel like doing it for the day. All right. Yeah. So that that is general. That is your your four characters. Now, you can pick those at level 10, but you don't have to stay with that. If you want to change classes, that is something you can do. What 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 does that cost you, Todd? It does cost you some gems. And we'll talk about gems in the next episode when we're talking about loot and stuff. So it's not something you want to do all the time. Like, oh, I want to be a rogue for this week, and next week I want to be a mage, and next week I want to be something else. Like, that That will eventually get a little pricey. Um, mm-hmm. But if, but just because you started off as a rogue and you come to decide, you know what, I think I would have rather have played a wizard or something else, you do have the option to change classes. And basically what you do, you keep your level. So if you were level 15 mage, you're, you're now a level 15, you know, warrior. Mm-hmm. Um, any of your stat points that you allocated from level 10 on sort of reset, which makes sense. Because if you were playing a wizard and were dumping all your points into intelligence and now you want to be a warrior, you probably wanted to have put those into strength. So it'll give you back those points so that you can reallocate them. You lose all of your class skills from whatever your first class was. So like if you were a wizard, you can no longer cast fireballs. But if you become a rogue, you can now do backstabs. I mean, everything changes to your new class. It's kind of like we pretend, oh, we're going to pretend that you were a rogue all along. <laughs> the way yeah. they give you your points back and you re- regain things. But it's just good to know that you're not locked in. You don't necessarily no. have to start all over with a new character. You can you can make these changes. and you know, Because the idea is for you to get things done and, and you know accomplish your goals. But the idea is also to have fun. And yeah. the best way to have fun is to be playing a character that you want to actually play. So they, they do give you that option. Yeah. And I think you and I selected the right characters for what we like in general. Oh, yeah. Because I'm more, I'm definitely a collector and I enjoy having gold and doing stuff like that. So that the rogue works for me and you're definitely, um, you're definitely a wizard. And at times you've looked like a wizard. So <laughs> that, that right. all works. Well, I think we've pretty much covered a lot in terms of selecting your character. Uh, obviously, well, to you and I, we know there's so much more to Habitica that we need to cover. So I think that lends us to a wonderful part three in which we yeah. can uh, record and drop here in the next several months. Um, get you a chance to get to that level 10. That's right. Um, That's right. What else can we kind of look forward to in the level th- in the, I guess, version three, part three, level three, whatever you want to call it? It's 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 the third in the epic saga of Habitica. Uh, 
because yes. you know that's how you do you, you do epic trilogies and it just wouldn't be right if we didn't follow in those footsteps i mean with part one we did we did sort of the prequel thing where it's like here's the here's the the quick and dirty of habitica part two is uh you know the second installment of any quality trilogy is all character development that's and it so that's what we just did third part is the grand adventure and so in in the next piece we're going to talk about we keep talking about boss quests and collection quests well what the heck are these quests and how are those useful we'll, we'll talk a little bit about gear and loot and money and fun stuff like that and then we'll also talk about pets and mounts oh um, which which is i know one of the things eric you find very exciting but in a in a nutshell Part of the drops that you can get in addition to gold is you can find eggs and hatching potions that you can turn into little pets for your character to have. And then you can feed these pets and that will turn them into mounts that your your little character's avatar can be be riding on. All and so we'll, yeah, and so we'll get into all of that. We'll also get a little more detail into, you know, forming an adventuring party so that you can play with other people rather than just solo mode. And some of the stuff like that, just just a further extension of the game, sort of, you know, how you can play with others and, you know, sort of really dig into the the gamification and the role-playing game aspects of Habitica. So we will we will get that out to you just as soon as we're able to, to get it recorded and ready for you. That's perfect. Well, I think that's uh, a nice little wrap-up for the episode today, Todd, and I'm looking forward to part three where, you know, Ewoks come into play. <laughs> of course we, th- there will be fuzzy creatures i can promise you that so good deal all right well thanks eric for helping me out to to share the joy of habitica with the world thank you listeners hopefully you found this uh enjoyable and helpful again the uh the website is habitica.com and if you want to uh check that out you can go there they also have a very impressive wiki that will get into way more detail like if you really want to know every way to min max all the capabilities of your rogue or exactly how many experience points it takes to get from level X to level Y, their wiki is really good for that. Um, I recommend you check that out. But until next time, happy adventuring, and I hope you all have a good one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Toddcast Podcast. If you have comments, questions, or topic ideas you'd like us to chat about, you can reach out on social. Search for Toddcast Podcast. Visit our website at toddcastpodcast.com with a single D in Todd. There you will find show notes, original articles, and a backlog of episodes. If you'd enjoyed this episode, please feel free to share with your like-minded friends. Perhaps you would consider subscribing, following, or marking this podcast as a favorite if you've not yet done so. And of course, reviews and ratings on Apple Podcasts are appreciated. Thanks again for listening to the Toddcast. Toddcast.